0: Breaking news, everyone. James Harden. Yes, the James Harden was traded to the 76ers for Ben Simmons. The saga is finally over. James Harden got away from the Nets, got away from the Kyrie Irving drama. He got on to the 76ers and Ben Simmons, who did not want to play for the 76ers, got away from there and is joining the Nets. Of course, there are other pieces in this deal. Seth Curry, Steph's brother, is going to the 76ers. Andre Drummond, 76ers backup center is going to or seth curry is going to the nets sorry and andre drummond the backup center for the 76ers is also going to the nets along with two first round picks now we don't know the protections on those first round picks um they're likely to convey because you know they're probably going to be late firsts with the nets and when kevin durant's healthy but it is an interesting trade um i expect both markets for ben simmons and James Harden to go up. James Harden because he gets away from the drama, the Kyrie Irving drama, right? Um, Gets away from having to share the ball with Kevin Durant and Kyrie when they're playing and only has Joel Embiid to feed off of, right? And they should fit well together. As for Ben Simmons, I expect his market to go up too because he will be playing. Market's not going to move much if you're not playing. He will now be playing eventually with the Nets. I assume it will take a while to Get back on track and get ready to play a full season and you know 35 minutes a game. The interesting part for me is the Seth Curry trade. Um, he was averaging 15 points and four assists per game for the 76ers while shooting 40% from three on like five and a half threes a game. That's not an underrated piece there. That's a very nice piece that the Nets get back. And I'm very curious to see. What happens there because he is apparently very good friends with Joel Embiid, and you take him away, you take away the 76ers backup center, and you add James Harden, who hasn't really looked like himself. Um, this could be a, a negative, uh, you know, despite Ben Simmons not even playing. This could be a negative for the 76ers. Time will tell. Maybe Harden comes back reinvigorated and becomes his old self again. Who knows? And as for the Nets, um, time will tell on this too. Obviously, a healthy James Harden with a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Kevin Durant is formidable and hard to stop. If you have one of those three missing, the other two with like Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is not an offensive weapon. Maybe you put him at center instead of uh, guard forward. It could work. It could work. We'll see. We'll see about that. Um, But I don't really know if this makes either team better currently. Uh, Time will tell. But major, major news coming out of the NBA, amongst other trades, as the trade deadline is fast approaching. Now on to the rest of the episode.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Weekly Slab number 10 here at the Slab Stocks YouTube show. My name is Aaron, one of your hosts, joined by Nate again every single week. We're here on Thursdays, uh, drops at 6 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify to talk about the sports car market, what's changing, what's happening, and also really excited to have some community, community question and answer this week. Uh, but we're going to start with some NBA trade deadline updates along with the market and how it's moving. Nate grabbed some great stats for us, and then we will move into towards the end uh, covering our FlipQuest 2022, and then also who's hot, who's not, of course. And uh, there might be a little Slabstacks FC episode at the end too, uh, if you all are lucky. So uh, Nate, thanks again for joining. and uh, You yeah. ready to jump in and talk about the NBA trade deadline? Yeah,
0: let's talk about some NBA trade deadline. Now there is, if you know anything about me, there are a few days a year that I love, specifically two. Really, really love. The NBA trade deadline, the MLB trade deadline. It's always super exciting. It's always super fun, and it usually spans a couple days. Um, and the NBA trade deadline this year is no different. It started out with Karis LeVert and the Cavaliers on Monday, um, and it extended to Hallie Burton's bonus trade and CJ McCollum on Tuesday. Now, there should it should be noted that we are recording this Wednesday morning. There hasn't been another trade that's happened since. You're going to be listening to this on Thursday night, um, if you listen to it right away, or Friday morning, or Saturday, whatever. Uh, just know that we won't know the trades that have happened since then. If there is a major, major trade that happens, maybe we'll have a real quick, like, five-minute Emergency podcast will throw right into here. But for right now, this is all we know that has happened. We're going to start with the bigger, more surprising trade to me, and that was the Hallie Burton for DeMontis Sabonis trade. Um, a little trivia for you, Aaron, before we start, where is DeMontis Sabonis from? I'm going
1: to say that his dad is from somewhere like Serbia or something, but I'm going to say DeMontis is
0: born in America and he's American. He is. I was, you know, every time you get a, a European flair to a name, I'm expecting him to be from Europe. Uh, And DeMontis Sabonis is from Oregon.
2: Played Uh, at Gonzaga. uh,
0: I knew that, but I did not know that he was actually from Oregon. Uh, So that was interesting to learn in my research. But he got traded, um, and the deal was Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson for DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holliday, Drew's brother, and a 2023 second-round pick. Uh, so Halliburton, Bur- healed, and Thompson go to the Pacers. Sabonis and the rest of the guys in the second-round pick go to the Kings. A um, couple things to note here. Sabonis is only 25. A lot of people on Kings Twitter were freaking out because they're like, we get r- got rid of the young guy, blah, blah, blah. Sabonis is still young. He's only 25. That is not old. Um, but it is true. Halliburton is 21. And uh, he's been pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. But we'll cover some... Interesting stats a little bit later on him. Um, Just overall stats, Halliburton averaging 14.3 points a game, 7.4 assists, 3.9 rebounds, and 1.7 steals. Um, All very nice stats for a 21-year-old. 4.2 win shares on the season, 2.6 box plus minus, and a value over replacement player of 2.0. Um, very solid player. As for Sabonis, he's at 19 points a game. If we round up a little bit, 5 assists, 12 rebounds. So 19, uh, 12, and 5 is very nice. One steal, a 6.4 win share, which is obviously better than Halliburton. Uh, 4.8 blocks, uh, box plus minus and 2.8 value over replacement player. So for Kings fans, you did get the better player in this deal. You really did. Um, Sabonis is a significantly better player than Halliburton. But the issue for a lot of people is that they would have rather traded De'Aaron Fox. Now, De'Aaron Fox is having a nice year if you just look at points 21.2. Um, he's averaging 5.2 assists, he's averaging 3.8 rebounds, and 1.2 steals. His <clears throat> rebounds is basically the same as Halliburton, his assists are lower. His three-point percentage is significantly lower. Um, His overall field, bro- field goal percentage is basically the same. Um, Halliburton was 0. .457 and Fox was 0. .459. So essentially the same. But Fox's uh, other stats. Win shares 1.5 to Halliburton's 4.2. His box plus minus negative 1.5 to Halliburton's 2.6. And his value over replacement player... 0.2 to Hallie Burton's 2.0. So I get why Kings fans wanted to trade Fox instead of Halliburton. Burton is kind of the more well-rounded player. He doesn't score as much. He does not score as much. But he has different abilities. He shoots better from three. He's passing a little bit better this year. He's taller. He can defend more positions. He's actually a good defender. De'Aaron Fox is not a good defender. He doesn't have the speed. He doesn't have the speed De'Aaron Fox does. He doesn't have the ability to get to the brim like De'Aaron Fox does. But he does a lot of other things very nicely. And so I get I get where Kings fans, and I'm sure Aaron, you understand this too. You get where Kings fans are coming from. Where it seems like Halliburton just does a little bit more and is younger than Fox. So they would have rather traded Fox for Sabonis. Especially because you now have a defense where the point guard is De'Aaron Fox, poor defender, and Demontis Sabonis at center poor defensive center.
1: Uh question. Yeah. I I was listening to some stuff just yesterday on the TV and whatever about the trades. And I'm thinking that De'Aaron Fox doesn't get Sabonis bonus based on contract stuff and age and the like like I don't think
0: that they would just be able to trade Fox for Sabonis straight up. No. No, unlikely. Unlikely um <clears throat> there's obviously there's a reason why they could trade Halliburton for Sabonis. Like, Halliburton's trade value was sky high. But if I'm the Kings and I'm and I'm deciding who to build around between Halliburton and Fox, and I want Sabonis, I'm doing my best to trade Fox for Sabonis. If that's Fox and a first-round pick, okay. Now, it should be mentioned that they did get off of Buddy Heald's contract here. That's really nice. Um, thing to have happen so there that probably detracts from the value a little bit of the package that the Pacers would get back um you're you're correct Fox it's very unlikely that Fox would be able to get Sabonis one for one or maybe even one and a first for Sabonis but if you're the Kings who would you rather have
1: yeah I mean probably a younger guy that's more effective I like Darren Fox a lot because he's so exciting to watch and he's super fast um, but when it's like coming down to a team thing and what's gonna be better for the future, remember this was a point that Mojo Sports Cards made on uh on Instagram. He's a huge Kings fan. Jay's a really nice guy. And he was talking about how uh you know, small market teams need to draft really well and build from within. Uh, you think about the I mean I know the Bucs didn't draft Chris Middleton, but they trade from really early, drafted Giannis, and then the ad drew along the way. Um, if you're the Kings, it's like is anyone really gonna sign there? Or is someone gonna re-sign there? Um, so you gotta keep those guys as much as possible, like the Halliburton who's gonna be super young on a little contract, and to give him up like that is interesting. so uh, young but, he's only five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's born on the leap year. That's so wild. It's really wild. February 29th birthday. Yeah. I only know one other person like that. Uh personally, I know someone like that. Oh. I remember I, I was told that he was like 16. I'm like, what are you talking about? But I was like younger then and now I get it. Um, Nate, talk to us about the market though. You know, how does this affect the market? A lot of people with NBA trade deadline who are card collectors, it means a little bit more than just the casual sports fan because there's yeah. money
0: involved. There's there's buys, there's sales. Yeah, of course, of course. And there was actually a question. Um, if we can just jump to one community Q&A question. Um, there was a question from Avery Kohler. Which NBA player traded will benefit the most uh, their card value, too? And um, I've got some numbers here. I pulled up some numbers. So I went onto Card Ladder before today's podcast, and I looked up every player's name on their sales history tool. And if you just look up the name, it will pull up every card that sold of them, no matter the brand, anything like that. And this is between yesterday, the start of February 8th, and about 10.15 today, February 9th. So there will be cards that sold after this, after 10.15 a.m., uh, Central Time, February 9th, but those are the, that's the range here. There was 36 DeMontis Sabonis cards tr- uh, sold. 42 Nikhil Alexander Walkers, 39 CJ McCollums, 10 Buddy Healds, 9 Josh Hart's. Three Drew holidays or Drew, uh, <laughs> Justin holidays, two Tristan Thompsons, one Jeremy Lamb, one Tony Snell, zero Thomas Sadoransky's, zero Didi Luzada, who we'll get to that trade in a little bit. There were four Larry Nance Juniors and ironically, four Larry Nance Seniors, <laughs> uh, which just kind of cracked me up. Like the same day Larry Nance Jr. gets traded, his father sells the exact same amount of cards. If you take all of those cards combined, minus the Larry Nance Seniors, there's 147 cards sold between those guys. Those were all the guys. Every single guy that got traded in those trades yesterday, 147 cards sold. Tyrese Halliburton himself had 183 cards sold yesterday. Now, there's, there's a caveat here, and the caveat is Tyrese Halliburton has the newest cards. Um, You know, you're talking about Mosaic and Immaculate cards like that that just came out. So there's going to be a lot of auctions yesterday uh, compared to these other guys. Like there's not going to be a million C.J. McCollum auctions up on a random Tuesday. You know, it's just not going to happen. But there was that many for Halliburton. So take this number with a grain of salt. But there was also plenty of Buy It Now best offers taken yesterday to point to the fact that clearly... Even if you took out the auctions, there'd be more Buy It Now Best offers than anybody else on this list. And um, that shows me that Halliburton is the guy who will have the most value both trade-wise, like NBA-wise, and value-wise. NBA-wise is because I've got a stat here for you um, from Twitter, and uh, Statistical Embry tweeted this out. Tyrese Halliburton stats without De'Aaron Fox 12 games this year. He had 19.2 points a game, 4.1 rebounds, 10 assists, and two steals per game while shooting 46% from the field and uh, 39% from three on almost six attempts per game. Those are really good numbers without De'Aaron Fox. And I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, Malcolm Brogdon is there. Um, Karis LeVert's gone. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis is gone. Miles Turner is still there, though he might get traded in the next uh, 24 hours or so. Um, but Halliburton is going to be the guy. And I saw a rumor that Malcolm Brogdon is probably going to get traded this offseason to clear space for Halliburton to be the guy. And so you've got essentially Halliburton's team now, and you've seen his stats without Darren Fox when he's lead guy, really good stats. I mean, we're talking almost 20 points, 10 assists and four rebounds a game from a 21 year old shooting almost 40% from the three on six attempts a game. That's Those are just really, really, really good stats. You put him as the face of a franchise, and then you also have the card data to back it up, where 183 cards sold between the start of yesterday and 10.15 a.m. this morning, Central Time, and I think that's our answer. Uh, I, yeah?
1: I was going to say, I the, the only thing that comes with this type of stuff, and this is how I felt too about Shea, um, when he got traded in the Kawhi deal. No, nope, not mm-hmm. in the Kawhi. Paul George deal, but kind of the Kawhi deal, right, as a package thing. Um, It's always like, oh, man, now his rookie card's like the year before that the cards were made, like he's on a new team now already. It's true. It's true. So, like, there's some, like, hesitation there, I think, just in general with people, but the main stuff, you're talking, like, the flawless patch autos, the prism color, the select. Courtside color, whatever it is that you like to collect, I think that stuff is going to benefit a lot. And like, we didn't see like a whole lot of movement. in Certain cards, certain cards, yes, certain cards, no. Like a Mosaic Genesis, like rose fifteen percent. posted about yesterday on Instagram along with the CJ McCollum card that sold and it's a Sabonis card quickly on Sabonis. Um, I had Nate do a little research, like, hey, you know, find me some cards that sold. I then and did some research too because he's like, yo, there's like no good Sabonis that sold, and he was not lying. Like within the first like hour and a half of the trade that's probably when i posted it um there's like three sabonis the cards that sold and the one i chose with it was like an impeccable 2019 on card auto when he's like that's obviously like fourth year card or fifth year card or whatever um so yeah there's like not much the bonus movement because i think this is the sole thing no one really likes to buy guys on the kings i mean fox is talented and, and has a decent market but it's dropped a lot in the last three six months but um who likes to collect Kings players We you know that franchise is just utter garbage?
0: Yeah, um, and and if you go on, if you, I saw some things about Kings Reddit, right? And they got a 25-year-old all-star center who is super talented, um, both around the basket, shooting, passing, uh, like the one knock on him is defense, right? But DeMontis Sabonis is extremely, extremely, extremely talented. Yeah, he is. And people were angry. But, which is odd.
1: Because if it were me, and you get some guy like Sabonis, who has clearly been amazing the last few seasons. I mean, all-star appearances and stuff. Um, normally, you'd be really excited. But I think when it comes with, like, is this what's going to get done, Fox and Sabonis? and Then you say no, and they say, well, we just gave up one of our future studs. It's just, it just doesn't make as much sense, right?
0: And you gave up your best trade chip for... DeMontis Sabonis. And DeMontis Sabonis is really nice, but that's like giving up your best trade chip for Chris Middleton. Um like if that's what it takes to get over the hump, you do it. But if that's what it takes to try to make the playoffs, I don't think you do that. There's like, no way it, they're even it,
1: making the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, this isn't this isn't grabbing, you know, a Paul George or a Kawhi or um a couple years ago, you know, this isn't grabbing Giannis or LeBron or anything like that. Like Demontis Sabonis is really good, but and he's a top five center in the league, but I don't think he's enough to help Fox make the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And it's probably the, like too little too late this year for sure. So it's more of a next year situation.
0: They're, they're 20 and 35. Yeah. I mean, the t Wolves are they like last the seven of
1: T-Wolves are hot in the 7th seed at like 29 and
0: 25 now, or 29 and 26 or something. Yeah. Um, but you got to remember there's the plan. I so know. like 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th seeds, you just have to get to like that 10th seed, right? And then you
1: have the plan. You do. The Lakers are in the ninth seed right now at like 26 and 30 or 26 and 29 or something like yeah. that. They're 26 um, and 28 before getting absolutely walloped. By the yeah, box so box 26 side. and 29. Um, so one thing I want to point out is that the – the thing about the Pacers is I understand that they're not like that good this year or anything. And it's not like the Halliburton's going to make them instant playoff contender or anything. But we've seen in the past where the Pacers put together a lineup that does well in the Eastern conference. Now, Eastern conference is arguably a lot stronger than it's been mm-hmm. in the past. When you're talking about bucks being a powerhouse nets when fully healthy, obviously they're good. I mean, they're terrible right now. Nine game losing streak. Katie has been out though. He's the difference maker for them. You know, they were one toe away from being in the final or Eastern Conference finals last year, probably than the finals if he makes it. So, like, you can't really rate the Nets off as, like, a terrible team, I think, yet at least. Um, who knows what happens with Harden trade? And, and there's just a lot of really good Eastern Conference teams. But, like, the Pacers are a decent organization. Um, and now they have Rick Carlisle as the coach. I'd way rather be Hallie Burton going to the Pacers uh, and having a prospect of in the future being a decent team. Who knows what happens with how they build out the rest of the roster. But um, I always used to not like really be interested in Halliburton. I think for the fact that it was on the Kings, it was so guard heavy. It was just hard to see like this physical future of like market dominance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that changes instantly with this. And maybe they're not good this year. Maybe they're not good next year, but you never know some of these teams can build in two years really quickly.
0: Yeah. Also under underrated part of this is that I do think it'll be interesting for Halliburton to learn from Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Malcolm
1: Brogdon is a stud. Heart doesn't really stay healthy all that much, which is a major problem. He's coming back from an Achilles injury. I know. I'm um, probably like this week or next week, but uh, that's he's still super smart. Like his basketball IQ is insane, and I hear that Tyrese's is really good too. So it's probably gonna be a really good
0: combo to start. Yeah, uh, and just like if they do trade Bogdan, he gets half a year to learn from him. But uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I agree. Hey, what
1: about that you told me about a huge sale before the we record? I want to. hear Oh about yeah,
0: that. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yesterday. A Tyrese Halliburton immaculate uh, Nike patch auto number to five, sold on auction for forty one hundred and fifty dollars. Like perfect timing for that person to put that card up. Uh, beautiful card and massive, massive, massive sale for Halliburton, which just goes to show you that people are, people are excited for Halliburton way more than they are excited for anybody else in these trades which we haven't actually covered the other trade
1: yeah we're gonna go pretty quick through the other ones I yeah the think. other one's
0: not nearly as interesting you, you already shouted out true. all the stats and all the players that sold anyways
1: and their card numbers so just covered briefly so people just can hear what happened oh that was dusty
0: water uh oh cj mccollum <laughs> i don't know how long that water cups sitting there uh cj mccollum larry nance and tony snell from the pacers to the Pelicans for Josh Hart, Thomas Sadaransky, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Didi Luzada. That's how you say his name. A future first and two future seconds. Uh, the thing about the future first is the Blazers will get it this year if it falls between number five and number 14. Um, if it falls before number five, one through four, the Pelicans keep it. If it falls after 15, that pick is already promised to the Hornets, I believe. Um yeah, yeah, Hornets, because the Devontae Graham sign and trade. So uh that will be that will be an interesting pick to track. Right now they are at ninth. We'll see if they can make it up out of the lottery with CJ McCollum. Um, there is very mixed reviews. I know Bill Simmons specifically, and I don't know how I feel about Bill Simmons anymore. Um, but Bill Simmons specifically hated the deal, thought Josh Hart on $12 million deal was better than C.J. McCollum on $30 million. C.J. McCollum is obviously a better player, um, but he's been having a bit of a down year. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, one other interesting thing I stumbled upon is I brought up defensive um, box plus minus. So C.J. McCollum stats, for those of you interested, 20.5 points, 4.5 assists, 4.3 rebounds. 1 steal, 1.6 win shares, and a 0.2 box plus minus, and a 0.7 value over replacement player. Um, any way you put it, not very good. Definitely not very good. Now, what was interesting was the uh, box plus minus was 0.2. And I want to look at defensive box plus minus and sort it by worst to first. And this is where this stat doesn't always help. Because... um. Like, the box plus minus is nice, but sometimes that, you know, their offensive plus minus is significantly better than defensive plus minus, but it brings it down to the point where their box plus minus is pretty low. And the problem with defensive box plus minus is it really kind of depends on who's on the court with you. And so if you sort this by lowest to highest, Damian Lillard is number one for worst defensive box plus minus at negative 2.8. But Anthony Simon is third. CJ McCollum is seventh. They're all on the same team. Houston, same problem. Jalen Green is second. Eric Gordon is fourth. And Kevin Porter Jr. is sixth. Uh, San Antonio, or San Antonio, Sacramento. Buddy Heald, ninth. Davion Mitchell, tenth. And our guy De'Aaron Fox, down at 27th. Um, So, like, some of this, you know, some of these stats are a little bit, take it with a grain of salt because, you know, C.J. McCollum stuck with some other bad defenders, going to look really bad if he gets to go to a pelicans team where it has zion healthy and brandon ingram and all those guys you know maybe they're a little bit better defensively and his box plus minus looks a little bit better of course you still have Devonte graham out there and he is not a good defender so who knows
1: uh we'll see what happens i mean i'm intrigued to see if this moves the needle for the pelicans in terms of like a playoff team because i know they started the season super bad like really poor. Um, so poor without Zion, you'd think that they'd be like a bomb five team in the league. Clearly in the ninth seed in the playoff game, not a bomb five team, but uh threat threatening and we'll see if uh I, I they haven't said Zion's out for the entire year yet. I have to imagine if they can get him healthy and if they're making a playoff push push with CJ McCollum coming back, they bring him into the lineup. I mean, why else would you trade for CJ McCollum's contract and stuff right now? you don't think you can make the playoffs does that make any sense to me or not really does it make sense to you nate if they can't make the playoffs would you do that trade
0: um no i personally wouldn't but i'm also kind of like affected by the mlb mold of tanking nfl (laughs) mold of tanking you know and it's kind of nice to see these teams these kings and these pelicans that are out of it going for it like it was kind of nice to see the Reds cup for a couple of years going for it despite the fact that they should have probably traded their valuable pieces away and rebuilt uh they still went for it and um I don't know it's kind of a breath of fresh air to see teams that you wouldn't really expect trading for guys to actually be going for a playoff spot
1: remember playoffs being a lot like I remember when the team was made the playoffs the year they beat the nuggets in the last game of the year like that was, I was a at huge... that game what I was at that game I, you were at that game?
0: Yeah, I went to that game.
1: I remember Nuggets, watching Nuggets, my TV. T-Wolf. I remember I saw my game. going. I mean, I was 10 minutes away from the stadium. It I'm was sure electric. I did. Yeah.
0: But uh I think I was probably saving my money for the playoffs, is probably what it was. Well, that honestly, game. that that day me and uh my buddy went to a twins game, saw a walk-off home run by Max Kepler, and then went to the T Wolves game and watched them make it into the playoffs.
1: Did I go to that Twins
0: game with you? You might have. Was it against the Astros or was that a different game we went to? Uh, I don't remember if it was against. It was a midday game.
1: Yeah, I know. I might have I... been
0: in college at the time. I know. We we did go to a midday game together. Did you go with Aaron Wilkie?
1: Yeah, I did. And that's why I was <laughs> asking. I don't know how many times you did that that spring. Well, I did
0: it quite a few. So it's like I went to a number of midday games with him. Probably like four or five. Yeah, there's a chance that it was a different one then. Um, either way
1: we, we digress and we move on. <laughs> we move um, on. I think that's probably enough, enough trade talk for now. Uh,
0: unless we, we didn't miss anything, Nate, did we? Uh, no, I just, uh, the Halliburton and Sabonis deal. Very interesting. The McCollum deal interesting for a whole nother level in that the Pelicans, I don't know. I mean, you know, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Devonte Graham, uh, Zion gets healthy and who's their center now. Jackson Hayes, somebody like that could work. But Interesting. I I do like I do like it from this C J McCollum's been in the playoffs he's a vet everyone else on their team is really young go get that guy that's been there and done it could be uh could be useful I agree all right we're gonna move
1: on to some community Q and A and we're gonna go through these uh pretty fast because we want to make sure we touch on a lot of people's questions because one other time we did this we did one question and went for too long so I'd like to hit a lot of these questions. And just uh, fly through them. So, first one is actually from me for a specific reason. I've seen this question asked a lot just around comments and stuff. I want to hit on this. Uh, I said, Talk about how to find card shows in my area because I think a lot of people, Nate, we talk a lot about card shows. Like, it's so important uh finding like really nice condition cards of unique cards you might never see online that most likely, if it's online, the people are grading them already and stuff. There's just so many different implications to a card show.
0: This but, is actually um, a great question because I'm not even sure how to find a card show in my area. I always find out from you texting me or somebody else DM me, asking me if I'm going to be there. I'm like, Oh, there's a card show. I had no right. idea.
1: So most, most card shows have like websites or Facebook pages. So you first need to find out when the card show is and where, and once you actually do find the card show, generally it's just updated through that website. So you know, you go back every month because normally local card shows are held monthly. Um, there's always an Oak Creek, Wisconsin show every month when I lived in Minnesota and there still is right now, there's always a Bloomington show every month. Um, you just got to look up your area, look up card shows in yada, 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 and find them. Uh, it's really not much more than that. I've never found card shows any other, any other way other than just word of mouth too. You know, I'm at Oak Creek show and someone's like, oh, are you going to the, to the O'Connor walk show? I'm like, no, it's too far away. You know, I'm, And I hear it's like kind of, eh, anyways, um, but the Oak Creek shows where it's at in Wisconsin. So that's that's my best recommendation. There's nothing. There's no special formula. I um, it just do some googling, I suppose, and then find out. Um, but make sure to to bookmark that page because it really is. check back and see when it is this month or otherwise you'll miss the date and it'll be gone. Um, next one, what are the best moves to make to invest in Formula One? It's a great question. In my opinion, a lot of stuff has gotten really expensive, like the portrait shots of Hamilton, Verstappen. The color of those are so expensive. It's really hard to break through for someone in the market. Um, in my opinion, if you're going to buy from the first year set, the 2020 Chrome or Sapphire, um, probably find drivers that are like sought after but not insanely expensive. Um, you can go and find guys probably like Leclerc and maybe some Lando Norris, the, the different Grand Prixs, um, or maybe like a Sergio Perez and start there. Uh, you can probably grab some Perez uh, portraits or, or whoever else you want to find Ocon and um, whatever colors is refractors Ricardo, and just grab those and grade them. If you like, uh, find some, find some grading, in my opinion, I, you know, the, the best value is just to send to SGC because the market does do well. It's just a fact that F1 market sells well through those slabs, but you can grade them where, wherever you want. Um, and that, and that's what I, what I would recommend for that. Uh, we, someone asked who won the Kings Pacers trade, both on court and in the card market. Refer to the last 25 minutes of the video for that right. one. Nate did some great research for that. Uh, I should have been saying who these people are when they're asking them. Cause I think that's nice to give shout outs to the community. I'll have the questions up on the screen as they're asked. So for the first few, and you can refer to that. And then, uh, PNB card breaks. When will the hobby stop buying Panini and tops products? Because Finax is taking over. I'm going to say they're not. Nate, you can give your take, but I can't see the hobby is denying cards for the next three years because fanatics is going to take over. And keep in mind when fanatics does, you're going to see the top brands coming out for basketball, for football eventually, Um, for baseball just continue. So it's not like that tops shouldn't be bought. Now, Panini, I can understand a little, but I can guarantee that tops was bought up until they lost their license in both basketball and and, 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 uh, football. But they did make less of it the last year 2009. Tops uh, hobby for basketball, but that's not going to be the case now because there's so much demand. Nate, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Um, I mean, yeah, there's not going to be any stop on tops. Obviously, we know that. Now, now, Panini is interesting because there's a lot of people that have come into the hobby who are going to love Panini Prism and stuff like that. Now, the secondary stuff, Court Kings, Spectra, like I could, I could see that stuff disappearing rather quickly and people just not caring. Yeah. Uh, um but but like I could see prism being a strong market for years and years and years and people wanting, you know, prism cards um as opposed to like if somebody had an option between a gold out of 50 uh first year tops chrome Giannis from 2026 or a orange 2015 Giannis or maybe not a first year tops Chrome but a second or third year let's say that I could see a lot of people still going after that Prism card you know really, for sure for sure
1: um, another thing that I point out here with the whole Panini thing is I'm really intrigued to see what Phinetics is going to do when it comes to developing high end sets I think there's no uh, question or there's no hiding that Tops hasn't made a very quality high end set for baseball um, sure you have dynasty I think dynasty cards are cool do people get jacked up about dynasty patch always like they do for national treasures or flawless no not at all and we'll see what uh and I like dynasty don't get me wrong I have dynasty cards um Chrome chrome's obviously the highest in for baseball but they're gonna have to do something for top for for basketball and football when it comes out to mirror the um, national treasures and the flawless and I thought it was going to be exquisite. I mean, obviously they haven't made a move moving upper deck yet, and who even knows if they can or if they will. Um, but if it
0: is exquisite, that'd be awesome to me. That's of, uh I, that's an interesting that's an interesting point. What if they just do tops dynasty for everything? What if I mean, I'll real- tell you this
1: much: they do tops dynasty for basketball, and they actually are going to run with like that is their high end set. The issue is the one card per box. I think. I mean, obviously with NT, it's like, man, we're looking for the rookie patch autos, but. The same time as well.
0: Here. There's no saying that there's no saying that the guys at fanatics are gonna be like, oh, Topps Dynasty was done this way, so we're just gonna keep doing it this way.
1: No, I I, I agree with them I'm just saying as it is done right now. Um, but if they do make it for basketball, it might bring great strength to the early Topps Dynasty baseball cards. hmm We'll see. Uh, it's more like a panini one in one, though, you know, the one card deal. That's what's closer yeah. to. Well, it's actually two in there. Uh, next is from BoxOfCards.UK. Does soccer become one of the big three by, big three sports by 2026 with similar prices to NBA um, and, and I'm assuming either NFL or MLB, whichever one it pushes out? <sighs> I mean, everyone knows I love soccer cards, and I'm going to say yes. Now, there's no denying how expensive certain football cards have gotten this year. The problem with football cards is I just think that there's like there's so little time to actually like execute on it, like soccer matches go all year round. And they happen multiple times a week. Most of the time, depending on what league it is, if there's champions league, if there's international play, whatever it is, um, football, you got now 17 regular season, regular season weeks. And then the playoffs, you have a guy like Joe Burrow, you're doing great. You got a a lot of the other marketplace. Not so great. You know, it's like, we saw some amazing trends this year in football cards in the market overall, just based on all the high selling cards is growing But in essence, I still don't think that it just has the right dynamics for a really, really strong overall market. Football card fans are probably going to hate on me for saying that. I like football cards in some ways. I mean, I was a huge football card collector when I started collecting cards, and I still do like certain football cards, but it's mostly because I like the players a lot. I like my Devonta Adams autos I just grabbed, you know? Like, it's not like I'm going to go out there and buy every single different card as like an investment, so to speak. Um. Also, I think it just prices a lot of people out when it is such a small segment that does well. But there's no saying you can't make money on the Jonathan Taylors when they're cheap or the Cooper Cups, you know, and th- those two are obviously the best in the game at those positions this past year, at least statistical wise. I'd argue Jonathan and Taylor talent-wise, but I still I'm a huge homer if you're gonna listen because Devon Tams, I still think is more
0: talented than the Cooper Cup, but that's fine. Uh, people can can give me crap for that too. Ooh, I do have a question on that. Just a real brief side note here. Yeah, Nate. Because you said talented, and um, <laughs> oh, you saying Giannis and AD last night. Oh gosh! The announcers, halftime, Shaq, uh, D Wade, D Wade, saying that. Anthony Davis is more talented than Giannis. And I felt instantly guilty because this reminded me of when we would say Aaron Rodgers more talented than Tom Brady. Because we can't we can't refute the championships. We can't refute the winning. So we're like, well, we got to get something on Tom Brady. Uh, Aaron Rodgers more talented. And so that's what is happening like right now with Anthony Davis and Giannis. Uh, Giannis is winning and he's better, but Anthony Davis is more talented. What does that mean? What does that mean? Is Anthony Davis more talented on defense? No, no. Is he a more talented passer? Nope. Is he a more talented ball handler? Definitely not. Is he a more talented post scorer? Not anymore for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, he's not bigger. He's not faster. He's not stronger. So talent really comes down to, he can shoot. And yet, I bet Giannis has a better three-point shooting percentage than him this year. Now, this is a really fluky year for Anthony Davis, shooting-wise. But it essentially comes down to, I think sometimes talent comes down to, do you like watching their game better? And some people would say, oh, because of how Anthony Davis shoots, I like watching his game better than Giannis. And therefore, Anthony Davis is somehow more talented, despite the fact that you can go through and you can... You cannot argue about this. Giannis is the better passer. He is the better defender. He is the better ball handler. Um, he is the better interior scorer. So therefore, the only other different, the only thing Anthony Davis could potentially be more talented in is a shooter, which he's not right now. And so it's like it's like more talented. He's not. He's not more talented. And then you go to like the Aaron Rodgers and um, Tom Brady. Maybe you just like how Aaron Rodgers does it more because he runs around in the pocket and he, you know, slings the ball on the run. I mean, maybe that's talent, I guess, but he's not winning more than Tom Brady, so why should anybody care? It's yeah. uh, the, kind of a cop out. And so I'm going to stop you before you say Devontae Adams more talented than Cooper Cup, who had more yards, who had more touchdowns.
1: That that's that's fair. I mean. I think we know that numbers don't tell the full story all the time, but they also do tell a story a lot of the time, like when they're drastically different. Um, I mean, I understand. I get it because I'm actually like the same way with you. It's like I'm arguing against what D Wade and Shaq was saying last night because I love Giannis, but and then I'll say Adams more talented than Cooper Cuff. I get it. So I'm going to look at the stats from last night, and I'm just going to sound like a moron for saying the whole Devontae. I'm so that's fine. I'm just super biased. I'm a huge Packer fan. Um,
0: <laughs> well, that's why I was stopping you because I was like, I was like, oh, man, I, I felt it, I felt guilty, legitimately guilty about ever using the talent argument for Aaron Rodgers because it's a bogus argument that nobody can really quantify.
1: Yeah, well, let's, let's look at this. Okay, so the whole thing with last night and the Shaq and the D-Wade thing, Shaq didn't really say that AD was more talented than Giannis. He asked D-Wade, and then he didn't give his own opinion. And D-Wade said that AD is more talented than Giannis because I think that there's just this connotation that Anthony Davis was supposed to be the best player in the game after LeBron. Like yeah, here's the pick, And he never ended up being it. So here's the deal is that when they say that Giannis is a harder worker than AD, it's not even close, first of all. But that doesn't mean that Giannis is more talented. They're trying to say that you can be one but not the other, you know? So I'm looking at the stats from last night. I understand last night was just like an absolute destroying of the Lakers, but it's only a destroying because the Lakers don't play defense and don't try and they're garbage. Uh, Giannis, and also because the Bucs are actually really good. Giannis scored 44 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 blocks, a steal, 0 turnovers on 17 of 20 shooting from the field, 2 for 2 from 3, and 8 for 13 from the free throw line. Uh, his buddy Anthony Davis, 22 points. I will say eight of ten shooting, like yeah, eighty percent is good. Until you don't shoot a single three, so how can you be a better shooter if you don't even get a three up and try? And then you shoot six for ten from the free throw line, and you have nine rebounds, four assists, and a turnover. He did have three blocks, so like I get that he's a, can block shots, but man, Giannis absolutely just killed them last night. If he if he actually heard what they said at halftime, I wouldn't doubt they would drop sixty last night if he really
0: wanted to. It, it's it's. I I, and I and and we're all guilty. We are all guilty of expecting a player to be this one thing. And when they're not, we're like, well, you know, you have you come up with you come up with reasons and excuses. And people do that for Anthony Davis constantly. Um, It's just it's it's disrespectful to um, Giannis to to say anything about Anthony Davis is better than Giannis basically. And also it's disrespectful to Tom Brady. So shout out Tom Brady. I'm sorry for ever saying that Aaron Rodgers was more talented.
1: I get it. Um, This is going to be our two last questions here. Well, actually, I want to bring this up. Uh, Jay Oliver 33 said, would love to hear some Dinging Corners content. Nate, we have a fun announcement. Why don't you uh, make it right now?
0: All right. So we have not had enough Dinging Corners content. We have not had enough baseball content. Now, some of that has to do with the fact that there's been no baseball content to cover. Uh, there's no games being played and there's no news in the off season at all. Um, outside of the, uh, whole steroid stop testing thing the other day, but we are starting up more dinging corners, content, more baseball content for you. And so every Friday there will be a podcast, not video, just a podcast dropping, um, every Friday, I don't know the time yet. Don't have the time for you, but every Friday, there will be a podcast dropping, and we will cover uh, numerous subjects, and we'll try to get um, uh, guests on, and uh, and I'll also be covering my own little flip quest of Bowman Chrome prospects for you, so stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Dane Corners is not going anywhere. We were just trying to figure out the structure the last couple of months with content um, based off of some changes internally. And dinging corners every Friday, like Nate said, Spotify and Apple Podcast. So if you are a huge baseball fan, you miss Nate's like weekly dinging corners. It's coming back, just not on YouTube. But make sure to tune into the Apple Podcast or Spotify uh, stream of that audio. And also, dinging corners on Instagram is going to be covering some more stuff too. Uh, Nate's actually supposed to have a dinging corners post out today on the Instagram page. So Nate's going to do that, right, Nate?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question here is from Sports Cards PNW. Would you rather have a PSA eight of a serial number say to ten, PSA nine out of ninety nine, or PSA ten out of two ninety nine? Same player. Can you repeat that? Yes. Would you rather have a PSA eight of a serial number say to ten, so like a gold out of ten, or okay. something? PSA nine out of ninety nine. Let's say like a blue ice, or PSA ten out of two ninety nine, like a red from Prism. Same player. It's not even close for me. It's oh. gold. It's out of ten. PSA oh, eight. Yeah. You take the out of ten. I think you could have made this a little bit closer. Let's say like gold out of 10, Mojo PSA 9 or Mojo PSA 10, you know, something like that. But it's it's got to be the scarcity. And I think more and more, if your card's near mint plus, so near mint is an eight, uh, PSA 9 is a mint, you know, PSA 10 is a gem mint. Anywhere in that
0: range, you got to go with the rarity always in my mind. All right, let me ask you this question. Yes, sir. PSA 8, gold out of 10. Yep. A PSA nine like blue shimmer out of eight from like twenty eighteen. Say we're talking Luca. So Luca gold out of ten, PSA eight, a PSA yeah. nine blue shimmer out of eight. That's not like a gold. It's not a black gold, but it's it's still interesting, or seven or whatever it was numbered out of. Or a PSA ten of a mojo out of twenty five. Still gold. It's not even close.
1: Okay. It's not even close. There's three different types of shimmers in twenty eighteen. There's red, blue, light blue, and blue.
0: Oh, I I understand. I was just trying to get something that was lower numbered, better grade. Yeah. But you you. What you about know. you? I mean. Well, okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's uh, go. A green select out of five, or a prism gold that a green select PSA ten out of five, or a prism gold ten. PSA nine.
1: Well, we can use the John Morant for that example. I mean, John Morant, the green of five PSA 10 sold through the weekly auction. Number three, the PWCC for 9.6 K. Uh, I think that a gold PSA of John Morant wouldn't sell less than, I don't know, 35, 40 K. That also yeah. is not very close. It's tough. Gold is such a desirable card. You know, you start to move into shimmer PSA eight versus the PSA 10 green. Then it's a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, and just because it's gold, it, you know, the the question asked by Sports Card PMW was was just out of ten. It wasn't gold prism out of ten. So if you're talking different sets where like an odd of ten is not as desirable of a card, let's say in Bowman Chrome Nate, if it's like the yellow shimmer of Luis Robert versus the orange out of twenty five, of
0: course you're going the orange out of twenty five, right? Yeah, I don't so, know if they had the yellow shimmer. Did they, Oh wait, that was twenty eighteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, twenty eighteen, yeah. same year as Jordan. Yeah. I've actually seen a Jordan Yellow Shimmer, but I have not seen a Luis Robert Yellow Shimmer.
1: Yeah, so the, but that's the thing, right? It's all set dependent too. So like the question is very valid. And
0: and like Yellow Shimmer was around for one year. I exactly, think. and that's the same I thing with a goal. All it's right, like- here we go. Here <laughs> here it is. Would you choose an acetate Wander Franco, Top Series One PSA okay. eight? That's about to come out. That I'm about to pull. Um. <laughs> Or, or a PSA 10 Independence Day? It's a good question. If you said black at PSA
1: 10, I'd go with the black PSA 10. But if it's Independence Day versus the clear, I'm probably going to go with the clear out of 10 because I had a, a Luis Arias. I still do. I think I still do. I'm pretty sure I have 10 PSA 8 um, that I graded myself. And those things are tough to grade. So it, by nature, PSA, it's not like that bad.
0: How low do we have to get? How do, How low do we have to get on a grade before you take the Independence Day?
1: If it's a seven, I'm taking Independence Day. Okay. Because I think then it's like, oh, man, there's some serious defects with this thing. The difference between a seven and an eight, I think, is a lot. A lot more than an eight versus a nine. Okay. Cool. All right. Moving on. Moving on. That's going to wrap up our community uh, question and answer segment. We'll definitely do that more in the future because I think it's just good to get people their thoughts uh, coming through Instagram and just the sports card community in general, and it's you know we like to give our opinions and of course, but those are questions derived from the audience. And if you all have thoughts too, and I to make sure to comment below along with us that to let us know what your thoughts are because I'm sure they're different than ours. Someone might sit there and think that we're idiots for saying that Giannis is more talented than AD. Uh, let us know in the comments if that's what you think. Um, we'd like to hear.
0: But I would and then argue. and then also, if you do think we're idiots, please back up your argument with how you think he's more talented. <laughs> Nate really wants to know that one. I really want to know that one because you cannot tell me he's a better dribbler, a better defender, or anything like that, a better passer.
1: Another update here in our uh, Flip Quest 2022. This is buying and selling cards through PWCC's weekly auction platform. Be sure to check it out. Uh, before getting into this, as always, we are par- partners of PWCC, but we are because we essentially believe in it a lot. Um, I love the marketplace, I love the the selling, I love the the experience of a Sunday night. Ah, uh, trying to buy and sell these cards is extremely exciting, and uh, here we go. We're just gonna look at what we bought in the weekly auction number three, and this auction was a little bit different than what it normally will be because uh, I remember when we first announced this whole FlipQuest 2022, uh, where cards we start buying in the beginning of 2022 through this, uh, we'll try to sell throughout the year and see how much we can build the collection. Uh, the sales don't count with card don't count for cards we bought uh, in 2021, or we bought at card shows or anything like that. Uh, just strictly the ones we buy through the auction on Sunday nights when you can come watch us live at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time here on YouTube. Uh, those are super fun. You know, there's 150 or so collectors that come in and join and talk cards and let us know what they bought. We share what we bought. But this week, uh, you know, we mentioned we we're going to try to target some PC cards, uh, personal collection cards along the way. And that's what I did a lot of this last week. So these aren't going to count towards the flip quest, but obviously, you know, I'm a collector Uh I really do collect a lot of cards just as much as I do buy and sell them to, you know, build up the collection itself. So I, we grabbed this really cheap Dante DiVincenzo Groove PSA 8. I end up going for $12. I don't know. I just like Dante. I just like he's an exciting player. You're going to be if... really
0: sad when he gets traded uh, tomorrow, huh?
1: Yeah, well, who do you think we're going to get? Why would we make a trade? Well, right the, now?
0: the Celtics offered um, Dennis Schroeder for him and the Bucks countered with Robert Williams. So yeah. Robert Robert Williams or Dante. But the, I think the bigger issue is that you're not going to keep, you're probably not going to keep both Dante and Grayson Allen.
1: I agree. I agree. So. I And I get it. But the whole thing about Dante is that I always thought these were just an exciting player to watch. And it's a $12 slab a cool looking revolution, Ricky, you know? Hey, um, no, it is. It is. This one's my whole uh, UW fandom here. Melvin in 1976, Top Scrum Refractor, Rookie of 99, insert PSA 9 for $13. Also as a huge Top Scrum football collector, so that one means a lot to me. Um, and then we had a nice little giveaway here. Nate, Nate picked a giveaway of a Tatis Gold Foil PSA 9, uh, the the Rookie logo, or the Rookie Cup logo, not the Rookie logo. Um, those are pretty rare, and uh, there's only 10 PSA 9s, and uh, five that are PSA 10s, so it's
0: not a rumor a pop. Rumor on the street was that there was a print run of 700. Of those uh, in 2020. I don't know if that's true. And that's that's not a whole lot if
1: you think about how much product was made. Yeah. Um, But that was an exciting giveaway. You know, if you join our live streams on that Sunday night or on the Sunday nights at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time, we do give away a card or two every single week. Uh, Tyler Johnson, National Treasures, Rookie Patch Auto. of 99 BGS9 with the 10 auto. Under $50 is $47. I played against him in high school basketball. And on top of that, an NT True RPA four color patch of a wide receiver who who knows if he ever makes it big, but five color. What do you say? Five color. It's a five color. Oh, it is a five color. Sneaking that little uh, white right there. I I okay. kind of added the orange and red together, but you're right. It's a five color patch auto. I mean, come on, forty six dollars and eighty cents. I'm going to put this worth the together. five col-
0: color patch by itself. I know, I know. I'm actually gonna that's add this pretty one. insane patch. I don't know it if I've ever insane. seen five colors on a patch before. It, it looks nice. It looks nice.
1: Um, I'm adding this one into the flip quest, although I would consider it kind of a pseudo PC card. Uh, I think that if he ever has just a couple good weeks next year, maybe they trade for Kyler Murray. That's a whole nother discussion. We can have another week. Um, you never know. It sells for $100, $150. Who knows? It's a high caliber card. Uh, we gave away the Shea Opticalo PSA nine last week. That was a cool card that people wanted. We were uh, letting the audience vote on what they wanted. It was a choice between Shea and Mo Bamba, although Mo Bamba is super rare. Uh, but they picked Shea, and then this is the other card that's added to uh, the Flip Quest 2022 from Weekly Auction Number Three. And I love this card. It is a Finest Flashbacks Vlad Guerrero Jr. on card auto number 25 PSA 10. It's a pop one. People love these cards because they're throw they're like you know remakes of the '93 Finest set. Uh, I think it's beautiful. I think it'll be nice to, to probably try to sell that one Nate either right around the start of the season or maybe around the all-star break if vlad is cementing himself as the best al hitter again you know mm-hmm. um great card i feel like the price was pretty fair too for a psa 10 on card auto given that raw sold for like 280 um seemed like a good buy. and then that was our first high level baseball card too so shout out nate shout dang corners Woo! and then uh i've got a sydney crosby jambalaya this is the ex from ultra or ultra ex Super rare card. There's only like six of these things graded by PSA from 2009. It's a BGS nine I got for 13.50, but this one's going to my hockey PC. Um, but I really wanted it, but I didn't, I didn't really see if Part of Flip Quest 2022, which is why I grabbed it for my own personal collection. But that's what we had last week, and uh, on top of that, we did have a couple of cards that sold, but they were like some Pokemon cards. They weren't Part of Flip Quest 2022, but they did sell decently well. The Rashford Cyrillic PSA nine sold for like 132. Um, But more importantly, we have weekly auction number four coming up this week, and that is on Super Bowl Sunday. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to say the least um, what the demand is and how many people are going to be sitting there bidding. We will see. We will be live. We definitely will have the game on ourselves watching the game as we bid on this. So we'll see what happens. Uh, It is the big game. Our live stream does start at 945 p.m. Eastern time. But what I am most intrigued with about weekly auction number four is that this NTRPA of Borough PSA nine with a ten auto is ending the night of the Super Bowl. And it's already at fifty five grand. Nate, if they win the Super Bowl, what happens to this card? The night of, I mean, we will probably know if they're going to be winning by the time that this auction is ending.
0: Oh man, this is a perfect. Of course, they they planned this. They planned this right, but this is a perfect storm for us to finally figure out like there's only one P- uh, pwcc thing is an event like if it was on eBay maybe people forget um because there's cards ending on eBay every week but pwcc is a sunday night event everyone knows they have to be on sunday night to win their cards and so it's an event with an event in the background of the super bowl with the guy playing in the event if he wins being sold at another event like It's the perfect storm to find out how high a card can go like this.
1: There's, you know, I love moments in time with cards. I mean, that's why I love cards so much. I talked about it in our live stream, you know, why I love cards so much is that it's like a timeline of my life. I mean, I've been collecting for well over half of it. And it's like every single card means something to me for a different reason. I was doing something different at a time in my life. And it reminds me of that time. Uh, Imagine the person, obviously, you have to have a lot of money to buy this, and that's not us. I'm um, imagining the person that buys this on the night that the Bengals win the Super Bowl in Joe Burrow's first full season, this card will mean a lot to them if they can afford it. Um, we'll see. This this is crazy because a Justin Herbert just sold a couple weeks ago PSA nine for sixty five k. I think that this will absolutely obliterate that sale, and um, I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, they win the Super Bowl that night, Nate. I don't doubt that this thing pushes like a hundred grand.
0: Heisman. NCAA champion, Super Bowl champion, Him, Charles Woodson. Could you Really?
1: Imagine? Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, and then to finish off this FlipQuest 2022 mini segment here, um in the weekly slab number 10, we're just going to comment on a card each that we are really excited for ending. Nate, do I have to scroll past the top 4 for you to talk?
0: Uh yeah yeah, I don't I don't need to talk about the Acuña. Even though you thought we were going to get it for a good, pro- oh, actually, stop, go back up. I like that Giannis. I just, I love that Giannis. Precious metal gems is Aaron's thing, but the fact that usually a precious metal gems is kind of like a random year, like Tiger Woods 2012 or 2013, whatever. Like, okay, cool, but I mean, he was a rookie golfer in 1997. Um, this is actually from 2013. I don't know how often a dude gets an actual rookie precious metal gems, but this is a true rookie. Um, number to 50 BGS eight. Very cool to me.
1: Yeah. It's not very often. Nate's right. I mean, you're talking now hockey where they can get rookies. And if you can get a employee exclusive the year that you're a rookie, which is generally hockey. Also that tiger woods, that was an employee exclusive in 2013. There's like Mike Tyson, uh, Rory Mac, uh, McElroy, McElroy. I don't know how I pronounce his name correctly. Um, but yeah, this is this is a rookie and it is pack pulled. Um and it's in like his uh his like Greek like U18 or U17 jersey or something, but it's a sick card. I would love to have one of those someday. Obviously, I'm a huge Precious Metal Gems fan. Um, to me though, the card I'm gonna be watching in this auction, I think I just saw it, but I, I would go for a PMG thing because I did know what this is ending, but I'm gonna I'm gonna choose something else. But I do want to shout out quick that this PSA 10 of Rory, which is why I mentioned his name which they must have redid where that precious metal gem sits on this card because it's way lower than normal, but it's because of his golf club, I think. Like, it makes the centering look terrible, but I don't think it is. They just lowered where it is. Um, That's an insanely tough-to-grade card. There's three PSA 10s of this. I have 125 made. It's at 1,050. But, uh, I mean, how can I deny I a Kaboom Mbappe PSA 9? I used to have a PSA 9 of this, and I sold it. Then I had PSA 8, and I traded it. But um, we'll see what it ends at. I mean, it'll probably go for, like, 5K or something like that. But just love Kabooms, love soccer cards, and love the Mbappe first Kaboom. And his PSG kit, it's such a beautiful card to me. Um, and I actually like this Horizontal. I think it really does the card justice. It's so cool. And there's so much Nike branding on it, too. I just find that really cool. So I'm a big – I just like branding and, and, and companies and stuff, and I just think it's really awesome. But that's what I'm looking for. And uh, like I said, weekly auction number four, it is – ending this sunday at well we go live at 9 45 p.m eastern time with extended bidding starting at 10 p.m eastern time you have to have all your bids in uh all your qualifying bids in before the extended bidding window starts you can hit the link uh in the description of this video to jump to the auction get your qualifying bids in now and we will see you all on sunday night at 9
0: 45 p.m eastern time all right let's move on to who's hot who's not of the week and our who's hot is a guy close to my own heart rock chalk jayhawk Wearing the Kansas sweatshirt today, <clears throat> and that is Joel Embiid, the uh, the five-star recruit that was significantly worse of a prospect than Andrew Wiggins in 2013, and yet is now significantly better of an NBA player. Uh, Joel Embiid, so incredible, so, so incredible. And um, his 76ers are doing well now, despite the whole Ben Simmons Thing saga, and saga, and paying a ton of money to guys like Tobias Harris and those guys. Embiid is a MVP candidate this year. He's currently averaging twenty nine point three points a game, ten point nine rebounds, and four point four assists out of a seven one guy. That's pretty incredible shooting threes, also. Um, and his team, <clears throat> they started out uh, slowly, but they are now only two games back of the Heat in the Eastern Conference. Uh, pretty incredible. Now, obviously, the Eastern Conference has their own thing. The Bucks don't seem like they could care less about trying against teams like the Hornets and then come out and slaughter the Warriors and the Lakers. So, like, you're going to get teams like that that are just like, ah, we do not care about the regular season. We just need to make it to the postseason. The Nets have had their own issues. But it's really nice to see Embiid leading the Sixers um, by himself. No Simmons needed. And, uh, hey Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese <laughs> Maxey is awesome, by the way. <laughs> Tyrese Maxey is really good. He did yeah. go through a little bit of a, of a of a rough stretch there, like a month ago. But uh, that kid is that kid is really good, and I'm excited to watch him grow, for sure. Um, about the whole Eastern Conference, is the
1: Bucks are now tied for the number two seed. I think they're one or half game or one game behind the Heat as of today. I wouldn't be surprised if we do get up to the one seed. The games where Drew, Chris, and Giannis have all been healthy, I don't remember the exact number anymore, but we, I think we're like twenty and five or something, like that in that range. And not everyone's healthy, or at least those three, not Brook Lopez yet. I would not be surprised if we get that one seed, but I don't know. I mean, who really cares about the
0: one seed? You win the championship as a three seed. And, yeah, you know, you just need to – you just there's certain teams you try to stay ahead of so you don't have to play them, right um, away. But you know, it worked for us last year against the Nets, so. Exactly. Whatever. Uh
1: as for his card data this is provided by CardLadder Pro as always everyone 7-day free trial is a link in the description to sign up. Uh, see data from 14 different data sources, all-time data. Pretty incredible product here and tool. I absolutely love it. We spend a lot of time on here. It gets a lot of our information for these videos. Um but basically last 3 months he's been he's been trending hot for his Silver PSA 10, dollars on January 7th. That has built $725 since then with the most recent sale on February 8th, which is yesterday as of this recording. It's a 43% market growth. I mean, it makes sense. MVP candidate leading your team, which was not doing so hot to start the year. Now they're in the thick of the top four seeds in the Eastern Conference. Um, it definitely makes sense. He is super talented, obviously. It's always been staying healthy. I'm not a huge fan because I do think that his antics are a little questionable. But, I mean, he's super talented. I can't deny it. So, he's probably the... I would say the the... I don't know. I think Jokic is probably better all around, but Embiid might just
0: be one of the more dominant
1: forces in the bigs. I mean, the top two dominant forces, Nate, right? Him and Jokic?
0: Yeah, of, of centers. Uh, you gotta go. You gotta go Jokic first. Uh, like It would be disrespectful to Jokic, yeah. and not choose him first. <clears throat> but then, Embiid is definitely number two, and there's not anyone close to him. I agree there's not anyone close to him, but <clears throat> be on the lookout. I know that there's
1: a lot of don't make You're about bad. to talk
0: about Carlton Towns.
1: Nate, have you seen what they've been doing? Yeah, recently? yeah, I
0: get it. And I will admit, I will admit, I was down on Towns, and it was hard for me to to uh renege on my feelings about Carlton Towns, if that makes sense. Like, I was stuck in viewing him one way, just like I was stuck in viewing Andrew Wiggins one way. And my way of viewing An- uh Towns was that he just didn't have what it takes to be the leader of his team and lead his team to the playoffs um <clears throat> clearly that is not true he's been dominant this year uh him and d'angelo russell when they play together are really 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 good uh you obviously add in anthony edwards so i will eat some crow i have been i have been a little disrespectful to carlton towns he has been amazing but still he's not the same level of mb or Jokic. anthony edwards amazing player i love him
1: he's awesome but nate i'm still gonna say a cat's gonna be the leader of this team because night in and night out he produces a lot of value. Anthony Edwards two of his last four games he scored five points. I guess super young he's probably gonna be the better player down the road. The more sought after the more collected all that stuff. I just think there's a lot of disrespect from for cat um because of the last few years, which is fair. They make the playoffs, but he is here. I don't know if it's what he went through and he's just a you know now like man I'm just gonna do whatever it takes. I don't know but
0: he's awesome and I love yeah. him. So I guess For me, just one last statement. Um, For me, if you're going to be called a top – and people were calling Cat a top five player, top ten player. I'm not calling him that. No, people were. I had buddies. I had buddies. And I think this stems from my buddies that were T-Wolves fans. They were like, you know, Cat this, Cat that all the time. And and trying to compare Cat to Giannis and this and that. And, you know, that gets a little chippy. Wisconsin, Minnesota. uh, There's always a little bit of chippiness there, right? And so for me, it was like, if you're a top 10 player in the league proclaimed or a top 15 player or whatever it might be, you have to lead your team to the playoffs. You just I have do. to, even if it's by yourself, even if it's in a loaded Western conference, you can't be a 13th seed or a 12th seed. You can't be getting the number two pick, right? If I you agree. are that good, you have to lead your team to the playoffs by yourself. And, um, uh, you know, obviously it's hard. It's hard to lead teams to playoffs by themselves. But you watched Giannis kind of do that without now Eastern Conference, Western Conference, different mm-hmm. thing. But like Chris is really good, but like it was Giannis's team and the Cats and the Anthony Davises of the world weren't doing that. And so that's where it, it came from. But Anthony Davis is really, he's, he's, Anthony Davis. uh Cat is really good this year. And he is leading his team to the playoffs and uh props to him. Got you. All right, on to our what's not. Our who's not of the week is James Harden. So James Harden has obviously been in the news. The uh, uh, why can I the Nets, the the Nets have been looking to trade him potentially to the 76ers for Ben Simmons, interesting trade in that I don't really know why the 76ers would give up anything of value. He's probably not going to take his I think he has a player option next year maybe won't accept it and then you could just daryl Morey could just uh sign him anyways so that will be interesting to see if they end up trading ben Simmons for him i guess if you've got Embiid beat having a dominant year you want to give him whatever he can to win a championship this year that makes sense um but harden might get traded might not we'll see he's been out for a little bit with Probably quote unquote injuries, you know, when teams are looking to trade guys and they don't want them to get actually injured. All of a sudden, they come up with little nagging injuries. Yeah, they held them um, out last night. Yeah, and the Nets, the Nets have we talked? We just talked about it. The Nets have been cold. They've been losing a ton of games in a row. Kevin Durant's obviously out. Harden is out. Kyrie not playing at home still. Correct, just playing on the road. Yep. So, I mean, I think this chart is actually.
1: Gonna get worse. It's a twenty four percent drop in the last three months. This is for his two thousand nine tops based PSA nine. It's around two hundred thirty four dollar card right now. Um, it was three ten on November tenth when they were actually like playing pretty decently, and now it's only two thirty four. I mean, I feel like that this thing's gonna probably drop another seventy five dollars from here unless he does get traded. But they keep losing, and he's not adding to their winning. Even if he's injured or not playing or whatever, I don't understand why his value is even this high right now. Well, um, there's
0: there's definite there's a definite chance that he gets traded. Yeah, I agree.
1: I and, agree that there is. And
0: this card, this card could be a great buy.
1: It could, if it works out where he goes next. <laughs> a Harden and Embiid duo would be so interesting because of their personalities. I have no idea how that would work out. Two of my, I'd say, least fair NBA players on the same team. I don't know what happened, but it could be a good buy. It Could also not be. Who knows? It's up to the beholder, I guess. Uh, I wouldn't buy the card personally.
0: Nah, me neither. Too much risk. Yeah, Other guys. I agree. I agree for sure.
1: All right, now we throw it over to Zach for some Slap Sox FC coverage on the Champions League coming up.
2: What is up, everybody? It's Zach from Matt Premier Soccer Investing coming at you with yet another Slap Sox FC YouTube video. Let's get into it. The Champions League is back next week, and the first match I'm going to preview is Inter Milan versus Liverpool. So Inter, obviously, lost Conte in the summer, but they've still been doing... They've been. They've still been doing well in their league. Liverpool is the only team who can really give City the run for their money in the Premier League title race. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Liverpool's two best players have been away on international duty playing in AFCON for the last month uh, in Saudi Mane and Mohamed Salah, and they both reached deep into the tournament. So you you have to wonder what their legs and their fitness levels will be at going into this match. And as for Inter... Uh, they're going to be missing out slightly on their advantage, home advantage they normally get in the San Siro as full capacity is still not allowed for Italian league games. Um, Liverpool is definitely going to be favored in this one. They're a team that knows how to win in the Champions League. As I showed up, they've been to a final, won a Champions League under Klopp, and this team, they know how to win. And I think with the overall attacking quality that they have, they're going to be able to do so again. Um, and one player I would really like to highlight Uh, in this matchup card-wise is Sadio Mane. So Mane just won the African Cup of Nations with Senegal. Card prices really haven't reflected that, though. Is that a matter of the African Cup of Nations not being a highly valued tournament in terms of the card space? Probably, as what really matters is the league, Champions League, World Cups, and then for American players, World Cup qualifying has a big impact on the card prices, too, so and the Euros. Outside of that, other tournaments don't really affect the card prices. Mane has had a decent year, not the best by his standards. Solo's really upstaged him this season, but his cards are still up 34%, 34 34.6% from the start of this season, up $9 from $26 to $35. And he's a player who can really take off if Liverpool perform well and if he's scoring goals, but he doesn't Matter in the card space necessarily, unless he's really scoring goals in big moments for Liverpool, which he's been shown to do previously in his career. Coming back from uh international duty with Senegal, Mane should be in excellent form. Just led them to a title, and I really expect him to kick on here. And we're going to see, but I I think that high price of forty three dollars will be eclipsed when it comes to him. Eclipsed when it comes to him. As long as A, Liverpool advances, and B, he performs, which I think both will happen in this matchup. Moving on to the next one. This one I think will be a really fun one. Lots of goals. You have RB Salzburg versus Bayern Munich, both highly attacking teams. I could see like four two wins across both legs for Bayern. Salzburg will score goals. The problem is they can't defend at the level you need to defend at to play a team like Bayern Munich with the stars that they have. However... Salzburg has a major, major prospect in the card space and especially in the American soccer space in Brendan Aronson. And that's who I'd, I would like to focus on today. So we're going to be looking at his 2020 Tops now, uh, PSA 10. It's really his first card, it's true rookie. And we're looking at this card using the card ladder sales history feature. So in October, coming off the backs of a good start to the season, good performance with the U.S. His car was doing about $140. However, he has really kicked on since, was, was this an object of huge speculation during the January transfer window with Leeds United submitting bids of 15 and then 20 million euros from that Salzburg decline. His price, his car prices have really started to reflect that with going up to $240 in December, back down to 190 and then all the way up to $275 most recently. And as you can see here, it has a very low print run, only 850. There's very few PSA 10s, only only around 20 or so. So this is a this is a high low-supply, high-demand card when he does do well for the U.S., which he will, and he continues to prove how integral of a part he is for the U.S. men's national team and how integral of a part he is for RB Salzburg. And should he be able to score and should Salzburg make it a competitive tie, I expect to see a further rise. However, however, even if this does not happen, it's going to be really tough for Salzburg to be able to keep him and hold on to uh, Aronson for another window with the amount of bids that they're going to be getting. Leeds United should be coming back in the summer for him. There's other teams in the Bundesliga that are after him, including their sister club, RB Leipzig. Other Premier League clubs are rumored to be interested as well. So it's going to be a big next few months for Aronson. And then going into the end of 2022 with the World Cup looming, too, for the U.S. men's national team, should they qualify. So Aronson, one to watch out for, for sure. Next side, this should be the least competitive of the three, Man City versus Sporting. I really need to say much here. City's a much better team, much more talent, and much more firepower. And I really believe they'll be the ones to come out on top and come out on top fairly easily. And they're going to be powered by this man, should they do so, Kevin De Bruyne. Here we're looking at his uh, 2018 Prison World Cup PSA 9. And this card over the past year has obviously declined a ton, seven, down 76.75%. You can see, though, where the it was at its highest was when De Bruyne was putting in his masterful for performances for City in the Champions League last season, declined in the summer. Belgium did not have a great Euro's. And it hasn't really bounced back up since down $132 from $172 down to $40. But this is the time for it to go on a run. If if this card is going on a run, it'll be it'll happen the next two months. A city wins progressives in the Champions League. And De Bruyne makes those amazing passes. He scores those goals. That makes the world realize yet again what a world-class player he is. So I expect this card to be on the rise too. Should the performances that we expect De Bruyne to be able to put in get put in and then the last tie of this round and this is the biggest tie with the biggest implications especially when it comes to the Killian Mbappe transfer saga he's made comments in the media recently that kind of insinuate that should PSG get knocked out right by Real Madrid he is almost assuredly going there and probably the only chance PSG has of keeping Mbappe this summer is for them to win the Champions League. And that being said, I think this draw is a complete toss up. You have the firepower of PSG with Messi and Mbappe, and Neymar, but Real Madrid has just been winning this season. Benzema's been amazing. Vinicius has been a revelation. Even Marco Asensio is coming on now too. So it's really gonna. This is really a tough tie to predict. However, Messi came to PSG for one reason and one reason only—to win the Champions League—and I think. Yeah, his performances haven't been up to the standard we've been used to from him this season, but I think he's been just biding his time, waiting for that the lights to shine on the brightest, and that's where he's going to come on strong. And he Messi, as we've seen throughout his whole career, loves a game against Real Madrid. So I'm going to predict PSG will get through this tie and continue on their path towards what I think will be a Champions League title by the end of this season. And speaking of Messi... This card, since the start of the season, down 49%. This is 2017 Tops Chrome. Champions League right leg forward, PSA 10, down almost $67. Again, not surprising. The performances just haven't been there so far this season, but should Messi score a goal or two against Real Madrid in the Champions League? That sets the world alight. That sets the market back up in momentum. However, if PSG are to lose this, his prices will continue to go down. And then the other player I wanted to highlight was Kareem Benzema. This is his 2006 Panini foot sticker, uh, number 180, PSA 9. This is a true rookie sticker. Obviously a very low-graded card, only low-graded sticker, only 29 total in the pop report, 13 nines, 13 eights, 171615, and 010s. Benzema is a player who I think has really not gotten his due, both Just has his reputation as a footballer and the soccer card market. He's one of the best forwards, best players of his generation. And he is absolutely carrying this Real Madrid team right now. 17 goals, seven assists. He's just been an unbelievable form this season. But his prices have not reflected that. As you see, in the summer, card sold for $480. And less than a month ago, the same card sold for only $427. So that's a decline in price. And what will it take for his Benzema cards to start moving up in price? It has to be a upset of PSG with Benzema scoring the goals. And then if Real Madrid are able to do that, they're going to go on a run in this Champions League and they're going to have a great shot of winning. So if you believe in Real Madrid and you believe in Benzema and with the season they're having so hard, I don't blame you if you do. This could be a good time to get in on Benzema before he really starts to get his due worldwide. That's gonna do it for this week. Thanks for watching. Thank you, everyone, once again for watching
1: another weekly slab and listening on podcasts. This is Weekly Slab number ten. I uh, covered some good stuff today. It just felt like a lot of nice sports talk, community questions, market talk. It's always a fun time just chatting these things. Uh, if you did enjoy, please leave a comment down below with uh, some thoughts on this episode. If you didn't enjoy, let us know. Uh, leave a comment with some thoughts on this episode. I'm sure we gave a lot of a lot of takes that not everyone agreed with in this thing, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why it's fun. There are
0: there are some very, very, very upset Anthony Davis fans right now. Or Lakers fans, too. Yeah. I Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there are.
1: And uh, that million-dollar logo, man, by the day, is looking like one of the worst sports card buys of all time <laughs> to me. Some people might think that's not, but uh, that's my thoughts. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. But for now, that was it. Weekly Slab number 11 will be live next week on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time again. Uh, it will be a little bit of an interesting episode because I think Nate be giving Nate might be giving us a preview on some stuff on um, that's coming up slash maybe a recap. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but don't forget Dane Corners this Friday as well on the uh, Slabstock Spa Find Apple Podcast Networks. So please check that out. And as always, thanks for listening. We will see you all next episode. See you guys.